And we're live. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the 9 to 5. I'm Andrew Kish, along with my co-host, Trevor Okamoto. Trevor, gorgeous day out here in Denver. How you doing today? <clears throat> Good, man. A little busy this morning. Uh, we've taken a couple days off, so I'm, I'm excited to dive right back into it and kind of go over you know, what's been happening over the past couple days, over the weekend, what we hit last night, what we didn't hit last night, and uh, kind of go into some games today. It's been a bit of a off week, if you have. A little if you bit, will. yeah. Busy, 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 oh, busy. We've still been working the nine to five. Always, yeah. always. So oh. it's good, good to be back here with you guys. Glad you're listening to us today. Um, I think probably the biggest storyline, and it comes to our team, is Kareem Hunt getting signed by the Cleveland Browns. I knew we were going to dive into some brownies talk today. <laughs> I just knew we were. You have to. You have to. Really big news. Really big news. I, I know my phone was absolutely blowing up the second that this came through. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts? Initial thoughts is if you're able to add another weapon like Kareem Hunt, more power to you. I think that just gives Baker more weapons to work with. Uh, it does kind of crowd the backfield a little bit. Um, I'm very interested to see. Obviously, he's not going to be able to play right away. Uh, he still has to get off the, the commissioner's exempt list, which who knows when that's going to happen. Or so, if that will ever happen. If that will ever happen. But, I mean, if we if we can get Kareem Hunt in that backfield and pair him with uh, Nick Chubb, and we'll see what happens with Duke Johnson. <laughs> I don't want to lose Duke, but, I mean, initially I love it. Initially you love it. Initially I'm indifferent about it. Uh, obviously bringing him bring along one of the best playmakers in the league. I mean, before he before he got suspended or, or banned or whatever the hell you want to call it last year, he was, what, the leading rusher in the league? He was probably the leading fantasy guy in the league. Uh, he was averaging, what, two or three touchdowns a game? I mean, the guy is just an absolute touchdown magnet. He's an absolute star on the field. However, you're bringing in this guy who is has some off-field issues, if, if, <laughs> to put it lightly. Yeah, um, if you haven't seen that video, uh, it is online. You are able to find that video of him actually in Cleveland, in a Cleveland hotel where this happened. Oh, yeah. Uh, where he got into it with um, another female, and there was some pushing and a slight kick, so to speak. So, yeah. Uh, there was a little domestic violence. Um it, I mean, it, they, the Chiefs did right to let him go. You can't be doing this. Yeah. I know Dorsey, the GM for the Cleveland Browns, is the ex-GM of the Kansas City Chiefs, knows Kareem Hunt very well. Yeah, brought in Kareem Hunt. Uh, he said he did his due diligence over this, so I trust in Dorsey because he's my GM. I like what he's doing so far. I hope he made the right move here, but it'll be remain the same. We'll see. John Dorsey seems like the kind of guy who is no bullshit. Uh, I think he's he's the kind of guy who is he's very willing to listen to the other side of the story and very willing to give guys second chances. He gave you know he gave Josh Gordon many chances. Um, however, he seems like the guy kind of guy that's no bullshit. He seems like kind of guy who's like, hey, I'm going to bring you onto the team. Even Baker Mayfield is an example of having off, some off field, you know. Um, type of question marks going on however he brings these guys in he he trusts them he's he puts it on them to to do the right things and to make sure that they're not going to become a distraction in his locker room or become a distraction on the field and do those kinds of things so i i i I am 100 confident that john dorsey knows what he's doing and this seems kind of like a this seems kind of like a no-lose situation. You bring him in. I'm sure. I'm not exactly sure what the contract is going to be like. I'm not sure how cheap you get this guy. If you can get a playmaker 
um, you know, on this kind of low-level contract with with kind of, you know, there, there's not a whole lot to lose here. Whether he comes in and he loses and uh, he's banned for, let's say, the entire year and you lose him for the entire year, okay, so be it. Or if he's banned for forever and they make a, you know, they make an example of this guy, all right, whatever, we took a flyer on him and, he, and he's gone. However, if, if on the other hand he comes in and he turns his life around and he, and he goes through rehab and he does the right things, you know, it's mentally, emotionally, socially to get back on track and you get this absolute star NFL running back. They're hard to come by. And granted, we already have one in Cleveland. We have Nick Chubb, who I think might become one of the best running backs in the league. Agreed. So I don't, I'm not exactly sure where, where this fits in or how this is going to play out. However, if you get this guy on a low-level contract and he comes in and he does the right things and he's a Cleveland guy and he buys into the system and he and he does all the right things, I, I don't see it being a lose lose situation at all. Yeah, he is he is from uh, Ohio too. He's from Cleveland. He went yeah. to Toledo, so he's coming back home. Um, you know, obviously he's he's got to go through some th- some things to get back get his head right and get back on track because uh, this is going to be this will hang over his head for a while. Uh, we'll see what the commissioner does and if uh, if and when he'll play. Um, I think once he does get reinstated, if that happens, um, and he goes through and he says all the right things, I know that the Cleveland fan base will embrace him. Yeah, they will wrap their arms around him, make him one of their own. If he co- if he shows out and he pro- proves that he did something wrong, he admits to it and you know apologizes and moves on. Yeah. How do you feel about them adding another distraction to the locker room? It seems like they do this every year. It seems like they're they're willing to to to, to know kind of just add these distractions. Like they kept Josh Gordon for forever. They were flirting with the idea of bringing Des Bryant into the locker room. Um, what do you what do you think about their tendency of just bringing in these kind of question marks in in character? Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it, especially especially after we got Josh Gordon and Baker came on the field. And they started winning football games. I didn't really think we had any distractions. A little bit with Baker being Baker uh, with the whole Hugh Jackson thing. But I didn't read too much into that. That's just Baker being a fire competitor uh, on the field. So I didn't mind that as much. But, you know, it is another distraction. Um, Hopefully our locker room can be strong enough to handle it. And, we, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I hope it's not too big of a distraction. We won't know more. Uh, probably until he gets reinstated, um, if that happens anytime soon. So now we're just kind of in a waiting game. But that, that was some really big news that came out, and I was I was shocked by it. I did not see us doing that, especially after the year that uh, Nick Chubb just had. Yeah, as a as a rookie too. So you know he's only going to get better here in these next couple years. Um, but Play, I think, playmakers all and, and, over yeah, just, the field. You can, I think you know that the NFL's coming. It's not just a one running back system. No, absolutely uh, not. You're playing multiple backs. You know, we see it a lot in New Orleans with Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. Uh, I do hear Mark Ingram might be on trade block this this off season, so we'll see what happens with that. Uh, but I, I thought we had our duo with Johnson and Chubb. Yeah, it's so, a, it's a big question mark as to what happens with Duke Johnson now. Uh, obviously. <clears throat> You don't know what's going to happen with him coming off this this suspension or when he's going to be reinstated. However, when that does happen, that is a crowded backfield now, and you kind of have the same player in Kareem Hunt and Duke Johnson. I know Kareem Hunt is the much larger name, and he's probably the more um, you know efficient running back, if you will. However, Duke Johnson is an absolute stud. He catches balls out of the backfield. It seems like they have very similar playing styles, so it's it's interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how you fill all three roles with Nick Chubb being. I believe he has to be your lead back. He's too good to not put on the field, get touches, probably 20-plus. Uh, but as far as other touches coming out of the backfield, screen game, everything like that, how you really implement two players who are very similar and have uh, you know, kind of 
just the same style of, of how they go about things on the football field. Yeah. We'll know more about this going forward, but that's that's some really big news coming out of the land. I'm really interested to see what happens with this. So. One more one more question before we, we kick off of this subject for, for, I don't know, probably until tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. uh, do you think that he is... Do you think he's served his punishment? Do you think the punishment of missing out on probably a Super Bowl? If Kareem Hunt is on the is on the Kansas City Chiefs, I believe they probably beat the New England Patriots in that AFC Championship game, and I believe that they probably go to the Super Bowl, and I believe that they probably win the Super Bowl with this guy. That's a lot of assumptions. That's a lot of what ifs. Uh, but he's that kind of talent, and he was rolling at the time of his suspension. So, do you think that? You know him missing out on maybe potentially a Super Bowl season is enough punishment for this guy, or do you think, or do you think it's the act was so egregious that he needs to see yeah. a little bit more? Yeah, that's this isn't enough. Uh, it, he needs to be gone for a little while longer, in my opinion. You just can't do that. You can't put your hands on a woman. Uh, we've seen this before. You, you just can't do it. And for him to do something like that, it, it, it's, it's not enough. He, he's, there's, I think he still might even miss this whole year. Uh, so he might not even play this upcoming year. In my opinion, I don't think he should. Uh, I think he needs to serve a little more. Um, you can't just come right back into the league and after something after doing something like that, you need to you need to pay a little bit more. I don't think I don't think the year was enough. I think he needs more, more time off, more punishment to reflect. I like it. I like that take. Any other big news going on in the world of sports? No. I don't know. I didn't hear a whole lot of huge huge headlines going on. You know, they, the other big one was Kyler Murray. Uh, he did say that he is going to take the route to become an NFL quarterback, and he's not going to play baseball. So he is officially uh, entering the draft. He'll he'll work out in the combine. Um, how high does Kyler Murray get drafted? This is an interesting subject. This is going to be an interesting take. I believe he will go number nine to the Denver Broncos. Oh. Yeah, I uh, I don't see I see Dwayne Haskins being the first quarterback taken to, to the you know the New York Giants, New York Football Giants. Uh, after talking to a couple people, just kind of you know throwing out some ideas. I I mean John was interested in, in Baker. John Elway was very interested in Baker. I don't think he was in love with him enough to make the moves necessary to go get Baker Mayfield because he knew he was going to go high. Um, and maybe if he fell to him at the five spot, maybe he would have taken him there. I don't know. In last year's draft. However, with the number nine pick coming up, and Kyle, Kyle Murray is going to be right there. I don't see him getting taken early unless the team trades up to, to draft him in, in a spot, you know, before the number nine. But if, if the Denver Broncos come to the number nine pick and Kyle Murray is still there, I can very easily see him being a Denver Bronco next season. Uh, they need a quarterback. Case Keenum is not your answer. You need some sort of electrifying player to enter that locker room, to take over as a leader, and really get your football team back on track. And I think Kyle Murray could be that guy. I don't know a whole lot about Kyle Murray's leadership style or what he's like inside of the locker room. He seems just like a playmaker. He seems like he's just electrifying on the football field. But I don't know how he is in a, in a role of you know leading men. Um, but that would be my... That would be my sleeper pick is him going number nine to the Denver Broncos or potentially, you know, there's been talk of him falling to number 13 and going to the Miami Dolphins. Um, I, I do see Dwayne going number one or being the first quarterback taken, and I believe that should be 
you know, to the New York football guys. Yeah, it's, I think it's going to be really interesting. We'll see how the draft process goes out, how workouts go. Uh, but this kid is electrifying. Um, watching him, he is one of the quickest players I've ever seen as a quarterback. Yeah. I mean, he's not he's not a big guy. He's, he's real small. He's maybe 5'9". Literally maybe 5'9". So, I think, my prediction is, I think someone's going to trade up. Someone's going to trade up to go get him pretty early. He's going to be kind of similar to a Baker coming in small. Someone's going to fall in love with this kid. Uh, they're going to risk a lot and go get him early, in my opinion. Obviously, we'll see what happens going forward. So. Yeah, yeah. But initially, that's kind of my prediction of what's going to happen with Kyler. So. I like that. Let's go into some lines. Let's, yeah. let's get into what we do here yeah. at the 9 to 5. Yeah. Let's, let's dive into that. Uh, how'd you do last night? Uh, I hit my bet. Um, I took the over of the Kansas TCU game. Uh, I got it at 147 and a half. <laughs> it, we did need overtime to get there, uh, but you know what? It's extra basketball. We went and got a W there, so I kept it over there. I like that pick, and uh, we're going to roll in and see what we can get going today. So how'd you do? Yeah, when you're begging for overtime with about seven minutes left, it's never it's never a good feeling. However, you know, the stars the stars aligned last night, and we came away with that overtime victory. That was nice. That was, that was a good hit by you, bud. was Pup. a good hit, yeah. Uh, last night, I took the 76ers. Or, oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. The Thunder... God, I can't remember who. Portland. Portland. Good God. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> I took the uh, the Thunder over the Portland Blazers. It was it was never really in question. It's a tough spot. The Blazers are not a great team on the road. I believe they're now ten and fifteen on the road. So great home team. You can back them in, in a home game. However, when they travel on the road, not the same story. And the Thunder are just absolutely rolling right now. Paul George looks like an MVP candidate. Russell Westbrook and triple doubles to just kind of. You know, cement his his place in in history as just an absolute freak on the basketball court. He can't shoot the ball for garbage, but man, can he do everything else on the floor? Um, the other pick that I took last night was the Denver Nuggets. That was just a great spot bet, I believed. Denver Nuggets coming off of a road trip where they've lost about four or five straight, I believe, needed a big win. And Miami coming off a back to back, a hard fought game uh, the night before. I really just didn't see them keeping up with the, with the Nuggets, and Malik Beasley had himself a night. Yes, yep. he had himself a night. He was efficient as hell. I believe he shot four of six from three, all big shots. The Nuggets just went on a, on a spree in the second half of just hitting everything they were looking at. Um, and Denver at home is just an explosive, explosive team. It was a high line set at nine and a half. It was a ten and a half, and the second I saw it drop under under the uh, double digit mark, I jumped all over it. Um, so we had a pretty successful night here at the 9 to 5. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Uh, man, I one thing, just staying, sticking on the Nuggets here. Once you get these guys coming back off injury, once you get Gary Harris back, once you get, I don't know if Isaiah, I know Isaiah's probably getting pretty close to coming back. What do you do with Malik Beasley? I, I feel like you, you can't take him off the floor. This guy is too explosive. He is playing some tremendous basketball. He's earned himself a roster spot. Still, yeah. You've got to get this guy minutes because he just... He lights it up every single time I watch him play. He's, so. fa he's fantastic on the defensive end. He's he's quiet. He's not emotional. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't stir the pot as as far as, you know, kind of just distraction at all. He's just a go getter, baller. Works hard for his team. He's just a hustle player. He's just a hustle player, and he's an absolute athlete out there. So I think you got to keep him on the floor. I'm not exactly sure where or how they're going to do that with Isaiah Thomas coming back. I think Isaiah Thomas is going to play a very, very small role. I just don't see him really coming in and diving into that lineup and really 
you know, taking up minutes. I think he'll just be a very spot player, role player for them. Um, and I think you got to kind of keep the core as it is right now. Yeah, they're playing really good basketball, so. Yeah. How about tonight? You know, well, uh, first game that kind of popped up here on my schedule is Purdue going to Maryland. Uh, that's actually that's a 4.30 start at our time. So 4.30, some early action. Some early action for us. I uh, love that. Line right now is Purdue minus two. Which started at a pick'em. So money is going on Purdue right now. Purdue's playing some good basketball. Eight in a row. <clears throat> they're rolling. I don't think they're the same team on the road as they are at home. Um, but they're averaging 78 a game. They're only giving up 68. Uh, so there's a 10-point 10, 10 difference there in points for, points against. I mean... It's a road team, but I, I like the Boilermakers in this spot. I, I, as, as good as Maryland can be, and we've watched them, we've had some action on them multiple times throughout this year. So we know we know what Maryland can bring, and we also know that they can they can slack a little bit and not, yeah. and not bring their A game and not show up. I like Purdue. Yeah. The, the question mark of this game is, can Purdue hang with Fernando down low? Um, I believe... I believe the guard play is going to be very similar. Obviously, Carson Edwards may be the Big Ten Player of the Year in a conference that is just filled with absolute studs. So to, to say that statement is, is no joke. He may be the or, um, Conference Player of the Year. He's averaging 25 points a game. That is just that's absolutely insane. He's shooting 41% from the field. Carson Edwards is an absolute stud. He's a leader out there. He, he changes the dynamic of his team every time he touches the floor. However... Can Purdue hang hang down low? Can Purdue hang down low with Fernando and Smith? Can they get it done on the road and really quiet those guys and quiet the crowd down? Uh, can the guards uh, of Purdue really make enough big shots to keep them in this game? I'm not quite sure about that. This is a stay away game for me. I, my heart wants to say Purdue. However, my head tells me Maryland at home. Tough spot. Big game. I'm going to stay away and just enjoy watching this game. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, LSU going to Kentucky. LSU minus, or I'm sorry, UK, Kentucky minus eight and a half against a high-scoring LSU offense. <clears throat> Maybe just take the over in this game and just pray for points because both these teams can absolutely light it up. The over-under is only listed at 149. Um, that's interesting to me. That is interesting to me. Kentucky, Kentucky defensively is very good. They're only giving up 65 points a game. However, LSU is coming into the game averaging 83 points a game and just seems like they can score anywhere at any time. We talked about earlier in the 9-5 to last week. LSU is averaging about just as many points on the road as they are at home. They are... They do not shy away from the moment and they can score the basket at... or score, you know, score the basketball at will. I can see this being a high-scoring game where Kentucky... You know, LSU just is scoring enough baskets where Kentucky is just keeping up to, to, to make this game, you know, go over the mark of 150. As far as the spread goes, I feel like you got to take LSU plus eight and a half. Yeah. I feel like you really do. This seems like a big time game and a big time moment. Uh, huge SEC game to kind of solidify who's the, who is the big dog in the SEC. Um, you know, this is, a, this is a Kentucky team ranked fifth in the country going against an LSU team ranked 19th. So this is a big marquee game, and I believe in those kinds of games, 
with this much emotion, nine points is a lot of points. Yeah. So I would probably, you know, take the points with LSU and go with the eight and a half and hope that they are keeping it close and scoring enough baskets to stay in this game. Yeah, Kentucky's one of the hottest teams in the country too right now. Ten in a row, jumped all the way up to number five. We talked about it last week, how people were sleeping on them early and they're just coming on. They're, they're buying for a number one seed right now. Oh, 100% in, in they are. So, 100%. And, you know, going against a big, big time blue blood in Kentucky at home, um, you know, it's it's hard. It's hard not to do that. I, I almost. I almost want to try to flip it and just take Kentucky here. Uh, but I think it's going to be. You know. I think it is going to go over. I do like that over one forty nine. So. Yeah. I mean, the last. Let's just talk about the last three games for LSU. Uh, there. It was a ninety to eighty nine loss against Arkansas. Ninety two to eighty eight win against Mississippi State. Seventy eight to eighty three against Auburn. You know, none of those teams are as explosive on defense as Kentucky. However. These, this this team just scores the rock. Looking at their schedule, I don't believe they had a game against Texas A&M where Texas A&M didn't show up and score 57 points. But other than that, they don't have a game where it has gone under that 149 mark. Yeah. So I think that's a pretty good bet. Obviously, the trend is is leading in the way of taking the over. Um, but we'll see. We'll see if LSU you know can can shoot in in a tough in, environment, tough, tough place to play, tough environment. The next game, very interesting game, another Big Ten game. I know you love those, Pup. <laughs> Sparty, the up-and-down team that has been over the past couple weeks, is going to Wisconsin, who may be one of the most consistent teams in the country right now. Um, Sparty is going in and favored by a point and a half. How do you feel about that? You know, and it's, it's, one, of those, it's one of these games where it's another, another road test for Michigan State. Uh, I, I don't know what, what Sparty team is going to show up in this game. I mean, they, they just did roll Minnesota at home to kind of get back on track. But, I mean, it's not like Minnesota's anything to write home about. You know? <coughs> no, they and sure Wisconsin's are not. Wisconsin's a really good basketball team. It's just one of these teams that just, they even have to stud. They play good basketball. They play good team basketball. Uh, great chemistry. Another tough place to play in Wisconsin. Um, you know how I'm going to I'm going to stay away from this game. Uh, but I'd probably go with you. I probably would take Sparty just because I feel like they're the most ex more explosive team. Uh, they got more athletes on the court. Um, I, I I like Sparty here, but it's I, this is a stay away game for me. Uh, I don't I don't really like it. Yeah, for me, this is kind of the opposite of the Purdue Maryland game. <clears throat> I like I like Sparty. I really do like Sparty in this game. If they show up, and that, and that obviously that's that's how it is with any game that you could ever bet on in the history of sports gambling. If your team shows up, obviously you have a chance. This is the one where. Wisconsin is very, very good. However, they're so predictable. They are very, very predictable. And yes, they don't turn the ball over, um, but they don't have a whole lot of playmakers slash like guys that you can just really go to. I, I Ward is going to d up Ethan Happ. That's going to be their go-to. They're going to they're going to take away Happ in this game. I believe that's probably their number one thing. Uh, their number one point of emphasis in this game is to take away Ethan Happ. So I think they're going to do that, do a pretty good job of that. And then it just comes down to who, who has better athletes, who has better big-time players, who who is going to just be a little bit more suffocating on defense to, to really make the other team uncomfortable. And I think that is going to be Michigan State Spartans in this game. They're too athletic. Uh, Cassius Ward is just – he's an he, he's another player. Or, I'm sorry, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Cassius Winston. Um, he's another player up there for Big Ten Player of the Year. They're, I mean, 
This is going to be this is going to be a heavy bout. However, I just believe Michigan State is too athletic for for Wisconsin. I know it is in Madison. That's a tough place to play. But if you take away Ethan Happ, which I think the Spartans have a very good chance of doing, uh, then it comes down to guard play, and I think the Spartans have a little bit of advantage there. So with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and lay the one and a half, and I'm going to take Michigan State to go get a big road win um, and get back on track even more so after a win against um, Minnesota at home. Yeah, I like that pick. I really do. Uh, probably might be the game of the night is Duke going to Louisville. Duke's minus eight. It's a high line. It's a big line on the road. And one thing with Louisville, Louisville's a really good ball club, but they are coming off just a ridiculous four-game stretch. Yeah. Playing four straight ranked teams. Uh, and, I mean, you know, one I think was North Carolina, which they got beat down at home. Uh, then they go on the road and they beat Virginia Tech. And then they blow a double-digit lead. In Tallahassee against the Seminoles, and they lose that one in overtime. They should have. I watched that game. They should have gotten away with that game and got a W. And now you come home and you play the Duke Blue Devils, who just went in and handled Virginia and shot lights out, and everyone was hating on their three point shooting. They go shoot lights out against Virginia. Yeah. Go in there and get a big time <clears throat> win. Uh, this is an interesting game. What's what, initially? What's your first thoughts on this game? Well, the Duke game against Virginia was very interesting. Um, RJ Barrett made like seven threes in the first half. He, he broke his, his current record of, of three-pointers made, and he beat it in the first half. So it's a little bit of an outlier what happened. I, I, know, I know that you know those games happen, and it, it is what it is, and you can't discredit that. That's just phenomenal shooting. That's just a big player coming out in a big game and doing what he does. However, you can't really expect that again. Um, I think you play that game again in Virginia. You know, Virginia just bounced back with a huge win over UNC. So I think that game kind of got out, not out of hand, but it just it just started off on a weird way with you know Duke just making everything that they put up. So if that game is replayed and that and the ball doesn't fall as often and as early as it does in that Duke game, we could see a different story and we could be singing a different song right now. However, Duke is just so, so good, and the line is dropping. Louisville is is now favored by eight. Um, it was set at nine and a half yesterday, wow. what I saw. So money is going on Louisville. I like that. I really do. I think, <clears throat> I mean, again, just a big moment like this. Louisville is a fantastic team. Getting eight points at home in this spot seems like a good bet. However, we've said it, and we'll keep saying it. Duke is is. Duke is probably the best team in the country. Yeah. Duke is probably the best team in the country, and Duke has a, has a way of just going out and going on these runs that just defeat you. That really do. I can see this game going going close. I could maybe even take Louisville in the first half, probably you know getting four, four and a half points, and maybe hopefully they keep it close in the first half, and then I believe Duke will probably come out and take care of business and come away with a with somewhere around an eight-point win. I don't love this line. I'm not going to bet this game. Again, this is probably a game I'm just going to really – you know, dive into and watch and enjoy. But if I were to take a, take a bet in this game, I'd probably take Louisville first half. Um, and for the game, if I had to jump on a side, <sighs> give me Louisville. Give me Louisville just with that many points at home. Yeah, uh, it's I, this one. This one's tough. I'd probably 
I'd probably go Duke just because I think they're too explosive. I can see it pulling away late. We talk about it. I really like that first half. You get some of these games with Duke where we, we've talked about it. They The other team keeps it close in the first half, and you think you're going to be able to cover easily, and then they just go on these second-half runs uh, and blow teams out. So I really like that uh, Louisville first half, and I'd probably take Duke overall minus eight. Yep. Marquette going to DePaul. This is a low line. This is a low line given these teams and their records. Marquette coming off a huge win uh, against Villanova. Villanova, that's correct. Marquette coming off a huge win against Villanova. Potentially a letdown spot against a less talented DePaul team. They are going to DePaul and they're laying three points. What are your initial thoughts there, Tom? Uh, initially, you know, you think, oh, easy, easy Marquette. But why, again, we look at this line, why is it so low? So, why? Something stinks. Yeah, something, something doesn't smell right here. Um... I'd probably lean towards taking Marquette, but I, you know, they might, they could have a little bit of a letdown game after that big win against Nova. So uh, this is a stay away game for me. Um, I do like this Marquette team, though. I really do. So yeah, I, I'd probably lean towards taking Marquette. I'm not going to put money on this game, um, but I think that's probably where a good chunk of the money is going to go is on the Golden Eagles. So. Yep. Last time these two teams played <clears throat> was at Marquette. Uh, it was a 10, 10 point win for the Golden Eagles. Since then, DePaul has beat some good teams decisively. They they beat Providence by 12 points, and they beat Xavier by 12 points. Those are big wins in their conference. DePaul is going to be very, very amped for this game. I can see it being close. However, Golden Eagles just seem like a very, very good team. They seem like a, a quiet, deep team. Maybe, maybe you know, um, maybe good enough to make a run to maybe the Elite Eight or so. Uh, this is this is a scary line. This is a stay away line for me. It almost makes me want to take DePaul and hope for a kind of an upset win here. I mean, Vegas oddsmakers are are good at what they do. Yes, they, they, are, are. they are absolutely good at what they do. So this line is like this for a reason. It kind of makes me want to take DePaul. However, I can easily see Marquette coming out and, and winning by double digits once again. Um, so yeah. How about Michigan going to Penn State? Also kind of a low line for this game. Yeah, and you know we've seen Penn State in the past. Uh, Penn State's not really a good team, but they're one of those teams that keep games close. They, they fight. They, they battle hard. Yeah. So this is it, it's only six and a half right now. Michigan Michigan's laying six and a half. Um, I think Michigan comes out and takes care of business. Uh, I, I don't I don't really think Penn State can hang with them. Uh, I think Michigan is a really, really good basketball team. Uh, I think they come out and get it done. I'm probably, I'd probably take uh, Meat Chicken here, minus six and a half. Initial I, thoughts. I agree with that. Penn State just coming off of some heartbreaking losses lately. Just absolute heartbreakers. Um, they did go and you know beat Northwestern, but who is Northwestern? They lost a heartbreaker to Ohio State. Should have should have won that game on the road. Um, you know against the Buckeyes, but just lose an absolute heartbreaker there. Then before that, they had an overtime loss against Purdue. Uh, they're, they're losing by one at Minnesota. They're losing by just a couple buckets against Iowa at home. This is a team that fights. This is a team that keeps games close. However, Michigan is just so good defensively. I'm going to keep saying it. Michigan is so good defensively where if a team just doesn't have the shooters, if it doesn't have the athletes to really keep up with them, I, I can just see them just – Keeping it at arm's length, keeping it at arm's length, and I believe that arm's length is about seven points. So, I, I would take I would take Michigan in this game. Michigan's coming off a big win against Wisconsin, where they covered it. A, you know, I think it was a pretty similar spread. I believe it was a five and a half point spread. Yep. Obviously, that game was at home, so it's a little different story. But Michigan going on the road against the Penn State team, who is who is 
they don't know how to win, it seems like. They just don't know how to close out games. They know how to keep them close. Michigan is too talented. I'm, I'm taking Michigan minus six and a half here. Yeah. Uh, I think really the last big game for the college basketball slate tonight is Kansas State, number 18, going to Texas. Uh, line opened up at Texas, actually favored minus three here. So uh, Kansas State is one of these teams, man, they can lock you down defensively. This is a tough spot, but Texas at home is a really good basketball club. They they play really well down there in Austin. So uh, I know last time last time they were at home, they played Baylor. Uh, we feel we Baylor got a little hosed on that game, but Texas played good basketball and they they didn't let Baylor kind of keep it close. Uh, and then they just went and rolled West Virginia on the road. Uh, I think they come home. I think this is going to be a really interesting game. Uh, I kind of almost like to take Texas here. Uh, at home, minus three, but I could easily see Kansas State going in and win this basketball game. So, what do you think? This is another road dog that I'm going to take. <laughs> Seems just love these road dogs. <laughs> God, I'm taking the Wildcats in this one, um, especially getting three points. If it was, if it was the other way, if Can if Kansas State was favored by three, maybe go Texas here. But the fact that the better team in this matchup, the the defensive, the defensive prowess of the of the Wildcats is just. It's, it's probably the best in the Big 12. Um, they're coming off another big win against Baylor. Win against KU. I know KU lost again last night. Correct? Uh, can, yes. Yeah, Kansas lost again Did last night. Did they lose last night? No, I believe they ended up winning that game. Right? Yeah, Kansas won in overtime. Kansas, five. Yeah, by five. Kansas won in overtime last night. Sorry. That, yeah, they should have lost that game. I think I feel like that's why I'm saying that. Sorry. Um... <clears throat> But Kansas State needs needs another win here to really solidify themselves as Big 12 champs. This is this is a tough. This is a this is a crazy stretch for the Big 12. Who's going to win the Big 12? Is it going to be Kansas, who has just been on and off all year, or is it going to be one of these teams who has been playing really good basketball and kind of outperforming what we thought they would do? And I think this is a marquee win for Kansas State going into Texas, really getting a big road win to solidify themselves as, hey, we are still here in the Big 12. We are still, you know, number one seed or co-number one seed, whatever it may be, um, with Kansas. Defensively, Kansas State just giving up 59 points per game. That's going to be tough against Texas, who does like to score the basketball at home. But Kansas State is just on a roll right now. I this is, this is a tough one for me. It really is. I, I don't know how I feel about this game. I, I'm not sold on Texas. I'm really not. Uh, after watching a couple of their games, it just seems like they're a team that either... They, they just don't seem consistent enough to me. And Kansas State seems like a very, very consistent team. I trust them. I trust their coaching going on the road, especially catching those three points. Give me the three points. Give me the road, dogs. Wildcats. And they are leading... The Big 12 right now. Yeah. Kansas State is. So, well, this is a big game. Big game. Any sleepers out there? Uh, you know. I didn't see many sleepers that I really liked. Um, I guess if you have to give me one, if you're putting me on the spot here, give me Drake. They're going to Southern Illinois. They're catching. Uh, they're catching five points. So I'm going to take the Drake here, plus five, and that's just uh, that's running, through, running through the schedule here. That's you know, that's a little bit of a sleeper. <laughs> uh, yeah, that seems like a flyer. I was actually going to go the other way. That line stinks for some reason. Southern Illinois is is the inferior team Drake and Southern Illinois played earlier in the year and Drake I believe won pretty decisively so this line stinks for me and for some reason getting five points or giving five points if you're Southern Illinois 
Yeah. Um, that, that's, a, that's a very interesting line. My sleeper again is going to be a late night Mountain West game. And it's, and it's a pretty similar trend to, to the sleeper I gave last week. Sa San Diego State going to the alma mater, Moby. San Diego State is laying two and a half. They're clearly the better team. They're the more talented team. However, CSU plays really motivated basketball. Um, they really do. And I and for some reason, that line jumps out to me as, why is it so low? So give me the Rammies. Yeah. Give me the Rammies. Yeah. I might just drive down there and go see that game in person <laughs> if, I, if I have to. But give, give, me the, give me the Colorado State Rams tonight. Get in the two and a half at home. Maybe give me the money line. Love it. Love it. Any NBA for the night that we should talk about? Well, you know, I was looking at a couple of the lines here. Um, the one that really jumps out to me, there, there's a couple here. Um, obviously, the Celtics without Kyrie. What is that going to look like? Philadelphia is on an absolute roll since they've added Tobias. It looks like that's been a... A hell of a pickup. Yep, it looks so like they. Far, yep. It looks like they might be the most formidable starting five in the NBA. Six and a half. It's, it's an interesting spread in Philadelphia. I would probably take the 76ers there just because the Celtics. Uh, Morris came out the other night after after they blew a lead and said, "We're not having fun. We're not having fun in Boston. We haven't had fun for a long time. This team is not together." That's a red flag in my eye, and especially with one of your best players sitting out in Kyrie Irving. Um, and the 76ers are just on an absolute tear right now. Go ahead and give me the Sixers, minus six and a half. I think they come out and probably win pretty easily tonight uh, against a team without their superstar. Yeah, I like the over there. 225, I like the over in that game. Um, in Philly, I think they'll put up some points. I think that game goes over 225 pretty easily. So, yeah. uh, The other one I was looking at uh, was the Lakers going to Atlanta. Uh, Lakers are giving five here. Um, give me the Lakers and LeBron in Atlanta, laying five points. I think that's that's probably a pretty pretty easy pick. That's a high over under two thirty seven and a half. Um, I don't know if that's a, that's a lot of points to go over. I could easily see it going over. I could see this team just going up and down for forty eight minutes. Uh, but I'd probably take the Lakers minus five there. Yeah, yeah. Do you think they play defense tonight? Do you think? They're so sick and tired of hearing you guys can't play defense for shit that they're going to come out and actually and actually put a little bit of effort into playing defense tonight because the over under is listed at two thirty six. High. It's a high over under. However, over the past four games, I believe the Lakers are are giving up one hundred thirty seven points per game. That is that is absurd. Yeah, I mean, you don't think that can continue, right? You I gotta, don't. Yeah, think at some point they're going to shut them down a little bit, but. Uh, is LeBron James going tonight, or is that a fact? Yeah. Right. He's day-to-day -day here. Yeah. Um, so Atlanta's just that young team. They, they aren't doing a whole lot. Uh, so give me the Lakers minus five here. Uh, and we'll see about that over-under. I, I could easily see that going over if the Lakers continue their defensive performance that they have. So. See, I, I believe going into, <clears throat> going into the All-Star break, I believe that Luke Walton, if anything that he says matters to these guys anymore, I know he's going to be pressing defense. I know he's going to want a defensive effort going into the All-Star break. Getting off of this train of giving up 137 points, I really like the under in this game, to be completely honest with you. I think they come out and give a great defensive effort. I think LeBron is sick and tired of hearing that he can't play defense, that his team can't play defense. I think he'll be in the ears of all the, of all the young players around him being like, hey, we're going to go out, we're going to give 110% effort on defense, and we're going to go win this game by about 15, 20 points tonight, and we're going to do it in about 120 to 104 type of fashion and that goes way under the total so i really do like 
Um, I really do like the under here. I'm not, like I just said, I think the Lakers should go out and dominate this game. However, I do believe that the defensive effort will be there, and 236 points is a lot of points. So, so give me the under there. Uh, to kind of go against the trend that has been going on for the past five games for the Lakers, but I think this is the game where they, they kind of put that streak to an end. Yep. Well, I, as far as I was looking at it. Yeah, maybe maybe take the Spurs against the Grizzlies. Spurs are losers of four straight. I don't see them losing five straight. There's no way in hell I can see them losing five straight, especially against the Memphis Grizzlies, who have lost the key player, who... Our down team this year, it just it just seems it, it it doesn't seem like they should be very motivated to win this game. However, the Spurs need a win here to kind of keep their you know, to kind of get back on track and kind of solidify themselves as as trying to get one of these higher seeds in the Western Conference. Yeah. So go ahead and give me the Spurs there. I think they go out and win pretty decisively tonight. I think they get back on track. Rudy Gay was out for a couple days. He is coming back tonight. So they're getting a the player back. I think the Spurs go out and take care of business in, in Memphis, especially if you go ahead and tease that one down to just to pick them. I think that should be pretty easy. Uh, maybe maybe pair that with you know a Michigan going to Penn State. I think that sounds pretty easy. Michigan minus three. Spurs just to win by a bucket against the Grizzlies. I really like that pick. I think that's a, I think that's a good teaser if you want to throw that out there just for uh, shits and giggles tonight. Um, all right, before we get out of here, uh, go ahead and give the give the listeners your lock. What's what's your lock of the day? My lock of the day. Trev's lock. <sighs> I'll be completely honest with with the, with the viewers and the listeners out there. I don't see I don't see a lock for today. Um, there's a lot of good games going on tonight. There's a lot of good games. My lock and what I feel most comfortable with is Spartans going to Madison and getting a two point win. That's a dangerous game. It's a very dangerous game. It's such a tough place to play. However, you know prior prior to prior to their little slip up in Michigan in, in Michigan State losing three straight to, to some bad teams. Prior to that, I really did think that this team was one of the best teams in the country, and I still believe that. I, I really do. I think they, they had to work some kinks out. I think it's just one of those things where you, you kind of get on a, on a stretch of just, ah, like things aren't just happening the way that they should be. It's a long season, too. You yeah. Know, teams, teams are allowed to go through that from time to time. You know, we expect them so much with these, these high-powered programs to not slip up, you know. But yeah. you see it. You see it almost every year. Um, Sparty is, is subject to be able to do that as well. So they slip up. I think you're right. I think they've worked some stuff out. Um, we'll see. Uh, this is a big time game for them to come back and we'll see if they can continue it. I don't mind that pick. It does scare me. The big 10 always scares me. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't mind that pick at all. So, yep. um, I, my lock of the day, I, I am going to go ahead. I'm going to take the over in the, the 76 or Celtics game. It's over 225. I think both these teams will put up some points tonight. Uh, I like the over there, 225 as top slot of the day. So. Love it. Love it. Well, it was fun getting back into it. Sorry we missed a couple days there. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll be better about hopping on here more often and getting, getting some more content out here. But it was good catching up with you here on the 9 to 5. Um, Pup, any last words? That's it, guys. Enjoy it tonight. Uh, we'll be seeing you guys tomorrow. You guys have a good day. Absolutely. Take care. Good luck out there.